production of Pioneer Utility Resources. Story Connect, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. How can you help consumers understand new technology while sharing your story? That's what we're going to talk about on this episode of the Story Connect podcast. Hi, I'm Megan McCoy No, one of the storytellers at Pioneer and your host today. I am joined by Crystal Johnson-Smith, Vice President of Human Resources and Member Engagement at Prince George Electric Cooperative in Virginia. Now, Crystal works on staff recruitment, retention, and communications for the co-op, and for Rural Band Fiber Internet, the co-op's broadband subsidiary. Crystal, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Megan. Thank you for having me. Now, you have been in the electric industry for 15 years, starting as a recruitment specialist at an investor-owned utility. You focused a lot of your career there on diversity and inclusion efforts before joining the co-op world two years ago. We're very happy to have you. And I'm just wondering, how does building a diverse workforce impact and benefit utility communications? I think that is very important. I think that when um, organizations, especially utilities, can identify um, a diverse workforce, um, it often helps or minimizes um, misunderstanding or miscommunication um, to different people of different demographics. Um, Communication breakdowns often happen when assumptions are made um, that a certain group will understand the message because previously who they communicated to before did. Um, In Mm -hmm. fact, we're seeing where diversity is important. Um, And some of the things that we implemented um, at the cooperative is you know the use of social media um, and making sure that um, we communicate in various different forms, as well as we want to make sure that we represent the community that we serve. Yeah. And by having a diverse workforce, it helps us be more innovative, creative, and also think about how are how can we better communicate to our members. Yeah, I, I love that your position has both HR in it and member engagement in the title. This is just such an interesting mix up, but it makes sense when you think <laughs> about how the way that we communicate is impacted by the folks that are doing the communicating, right? So it's, it's just exciting. Now, I'm curious about what challenges uh, are facing utilities like Prince George Electric as you try to connect with consumers in 2023. Some of the challenges that we have are typical in a rural community. Um, Definitely from a workforce um, standpoint, getting individuals um, that want to continue to reside in these rural communities and also come and work for us um, and reflect the community that they are. When I think about in the past, right, and probably how our parents communicated, it was more of a transactional process. Um, You called if you had a question or if your bill was high. But now we really see that consumers want to be engaged. They want to have the information with the more innovative technology. I mean, you can sit at your desk today and turn down your thermostat. Um, So as 
more innovative smart meters and other things um, become available, members do want that engagement and they do want the right. real time information and not the surprise um, when the bill comes. <laughs> No surprises in 2023. No That's surprises. what <laughs> Yeah, and the yeah. expectations have definitely shifted a lot over the last uh, few decades, uh, especially the last three years. Expectations have radically shifted. So yes. <laughs> I love that. Now, when we met uh, a couple months ago, we had this great conversation. It's why we asked you to join us today. Uh, You told me about a special space that your team built for member engagement and broadband benefits education. You mentioned the REA Circus and this co-op kitchen efforts from the 1940s and the 50s, and then you shared how your co-op took those examples from the past and turned them into ideas for broadband education. So could you share with us, what is the rural band education center? Sure. You know, when I first, um, and I cannot take credit, um, that was from my CEO um, at Prince George who thought of the idea. We brainstormed, we talked about what we wanted the space to be. Um, And it was really important, I will tell you, um, going back over history, right? Just like if you're a parent or anyone who's listening, you know, they'll always say, um, this is not anything's new under the sun. Like there's there's no surprises, right? And so really taking the same thought and mindset back in the early 1900s when refrigerators um, came about, washer and dryer, dishwasher, um, you could go um, and touch and feel. Um, and what we found, or even back then, people became more comfortable, right, with using the modern technology, um, looking at the convenience of it. You know, I couldn't imagine what it was like not to have a washing machine, but um, we <laughs> took that similar concept and that mindset um, to create these cooperative living rooms also known as our Education Resource Center. And we wanted the communities um, to be able, the residents to come in and have be able to answer questions about their broadband services, get familiar and comfortable with um, smart TVs, their Roku um, stick, you know, all of these technology, Alexa, and how you can have them turn on your lights for you and, you know, um, do a lot of those things that are innovative as well as utilizing some of the equipment or technology that they currently have. We know every home doesn't have a smart TV, um, but there is uh, a lot of advantages um, by having broadband that they will get to enjoy in an experience. So um, it's been a great experience. We've launched two of these cooperative living room education centers um, in Surrey County, Virginia. And that was really important um, because that area was completely unserved. Um, And so it was a great model um, to have a community, a county, Uh, be able to come in and yes, they've been wanting internet, but to see all that the internet really has to offer, um, get probably dispel some myths, um, but also help them 
feel in an environment that they can ask questions um, that they may have to ask to their grandkids. Well, now you can come here and we have someone <laughs> on staff that will walk you through how to set that up. Um, in addition to our fiber field um, optic techs that also help our members when we sign up. So I, I was going to ask you how you would pick lo- a location for this. And it sounds like you have now two locations. But the first one, you said you put it in an area that still was not served, right? Were you in the process of building out your network in that area? And then what did the timeline look like? Like how how long before you were able to sign folks up did you launch your cooperative living room there? So um, with... With our first location, we actually did it at the end once we came in and made fiber available to the home. Um, So it was kind of the ceremonial aspect. Okay, it's now available, right? We can run the fiber. We can make it accessible. But if people... Our residents don't feel comfortable about the technology. Um, essentially, you'll have a lot of homes um, that are passbys uh, that don't take the service um, because they still have questions. Um, and this allows them um, to be able to ask certain questions. Um, once I sign up, you know, you're not just on your way. Hey, let's show you how you can use that and be a better informed mm-hmm. consumer. Um, our second like lo- our second location um, is done differently. We actually launched that to kick off our project um, in Dinwiddie County. And so we're doing the reverse. We're doing it ahead of time. Um, <laughs> and that also serves as a different purpose. Um, this would not be possible without support from the county administrators, the board of supervisors, um, Gosh, legislation, um, state funding, body grants. Uh, And so I'm seeing the difference in this one being truly, truly informative or education center um, because we haven't we are starting the project. Um, It will go through 2024. This is allowing the community to come in and ask questions, Um, you know, Our most common question is, of course, when will I get service? I was going to say, say, that's the question everybody has. When are you coming? When are you coming? (laughs) Yes. And the benefit um, of this, and especially in that community in Dinwiddie County, is they actually talk to a live person. Um, You know, they're not... And some of the y- larger I, um, SPs, you know, you're calling someone in a whole nother state or someone. Um, these people are ca- actually talking to people face to face, you know, as well as um, speaking to someone that's locally that understands the demographics and the location. Well, I was going to ask about that. You talked about um, filling these cooperative living rooms, these education centers, with a lot of the technology that you would have in a home that's connected to broadband. But what about the staffing? Do you have just one person there? Do you have a couple folks there? And are they from your staff? Are they volunteers? Or is it kind of part of their job to staff the living room for a certain number of hours each week? Yes. So we have been very fortunate. Um, We have recently hired a fiber sales representative uh, that is responsible or wants to be out 
um, and staff this. He is also a resident of one of the locations because he moved there. Um, he relocated um, from another part of Virginia. So he made um, Dinwiddie County his home and he does take appointments as well as um, is dedicated two days of week, two days out of the week to answer questions for walk-ins. Um, I do want to also mention when you asked Megan the question about how are these locations um, picked, yeah. one of the important things in working with the county administrators, we did not want to pick a building or um, the county owns the building. Um, we wanted location where there is already foot traffic. These people are already coming in for any other services. Um, at Surrey, it's a Parks and Rec Recreation Center. So you have families coming in. We didn't want to put it in the side of the county that no one goes to and then want to <laughs> educate them. So um, in conversations that I've had when we were selecting both of these locations, um, that was some of the criteria. We, we want people to come and talk to us. Um, so okay. we tried to make that as convenient as possible. So you found a location that was already a destination with high foot traffic in the community and an area that wasn't being served yet, but will be either now or soon mm -hmm. by Burlband. So I like that. Um, now, it doesn't, a project like this, I can only imagine, it doesn't happen all at once. Y'all have been doing this for a couple years now. Um, it, you have to build a really strong foundation of community support and partners. You mentioned a lot of folks like the county administrators and different legislators that have offered support, but have you found any champions in your community for these community living rooms, some members that are excited about it and get folks to come in and visit too? Yes, we have. So there's not been a kind of traditional ambassador plan um, or program that we have, but you have to remember, you know, if we're in these communities and they're already in a um, area where there's a lot of foot traffic, the residents have done that for us. I mean, they are the most, I mean, a lot of times um, the people that come and stop by, it's because they've referred someone else, right? So they came in um, that that community um is kind of those ambassadors that go out and say, hey, if you have questions about rural band, they're at this location, stop by and go see them. Um, again, the counties that we serve um, also um, have put their, uh, put our information, our time hours in their communication as well. Um, but really, I would have to say a lot of it is word of mouth um, in, this, in these communities. And do y'all have any community events, regular events that take place in these living rooms? Yes. So we have had the opportunity um, before we had a launch um, in Surrey County, um, we did have a town hall meeting um, and that essentially mm -hmm open up to the community. We marketed, we wanted people to come in and ask for project updates. We provided that information. We also had a member services staff on site. So if someone had a question about their application or where they were in the process, or I haven't heard anything back, um, that was real time. And some people may have not, you know, signed in the right place or maybe didn't complete the application. Um, we were able to give them that instant 
feedback. Um, so that's been very helpful. And that's pretty consistent. We recently had one for Dinwiddie County. Um, and so we were able to provide updates uh, on the project. Uh, sometimes those are difficult uh, messages um, because there's timelines, um, delays, things that come up in a fiber expansion project um, that you do your best um, to anticipate those, but there's sometimes that <laughs> sometimes things come up that are out of your control, yeah. but we really use those as opportunities to reassure um, the community and the residents that we're still committed to bringing fiber to their area. Have you had or thought about having any gaming tournaments in your community living rooms? Anything to get the gamers kind of involved in this space? Because you know, it seems like it could be a nice little, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take note of that. that. That does. I mean, we have not, I will be honest, that um, has not come up. Um, we do have a kids corner and we call it our future role band member. Um, but we haven't uh -huh. had any competition type of thing. We We may have to consider that. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. I know, I know a, a couple folks that That's have done that. Call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what is in your future uh, Royal Band member section for the kids? So it's really cute. Um, so they have like their little table. Um, essentially, we wanted, again, a space where we know that there's working parents um, that come in and not to have to come to a space, um, especially community space when they already have their children and feel like they can't come in and actually discuss and have questions. So they get to be mm -hmm. occupied. They have their own kids TV. Um, they have an iPad. We have an Xbox. We have some things to keep them engaged so that their parents mm -hmm. or grandparents or whoever um, can talk, speak to someone on staff and they are also entertained too. <laughs> and do you ever have folks come in that just want to use the bandwidth for work and just say, I'm just going to, like in coffee shops, you know how you always have those lingers there that are using the uh, the Wi-Fi. Have y'all noticed some of that, folks that just really enjoy the service and hang out for a little while to get some jobs done? Yes. So we have often um, one of the things that comes um, or is discussed as people want to hold their meetings or have people come um, into yeah. the education center. And um, we're open to that. Um, they have to work with, of course, the county and kind of their time frames. Um, but you, we really want people to utilize the space um, and yeah. to feel comfortable with the equipment and the technology. So, yes, we, we've had requests. Um, <laughs> some of them have been like renovations in, the, in that room, in that building. So people, yes, yeah. often want to migrate to that. So <laughs> that makes sense. So it's nice. So it's not just a sales space. It's a place where you can find answers, but also you feel comfortable. And that's the goal, I guess, to get comfortable with the technology. Yes. So I like that. Uh, before I let you go, is there anything else that you want folks to think about as they look for ways to build a stronger, more connected community? Yes. So one of the things that um, that's a great way to end this, um, I thought about, you know, how can we build a stronger, more connected um, consumer? I think that we have to educate whether you're on the electric side um, or the broadband, um, working at our subsidiary rural band, um, we want to make sure that we educate. We know that the requests from consumers are not like 
times before. They are really wanting um, more information. Um, they're wanting to understand their billing, their rates. Um, what does it mean, you know, for how is fuel impacting, um, you know, my bill? Uh, also, I also look at it as a part to engage them in that process. Um, because a lot of times if you've been educated or informed, um, you feel better or knowing where your dollars are going and how they're being spent. Um, and lastly, I would say definitely in empowering them. I think someone that has been educated, been engaged, they feel empowered. It takes back a little bit more control that, you know, yes, while my bill and my rate may be this, um, I can include some of the technology to maybe reduce some of my usage or um, know during this time of the day, maybe lowering my thermostat, doing um, learning all types of energy efficiency things. So I think that it's important that we remember the trend is not going back to the way it has been. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's moving forward and the utility or broadband um, ISPs um, really need to keep that in mind. It, it's not changing. Um, people want real-time, instant information. And the, the better that we can manage that and communicate that, I think we're going to have really engaged um, members as well as um, future ambassadors about our, what we have or what we have available. I love that. I, I love the idea of creating empowered members, like giving them a sense of control over yes. things. I mean, that's what cooperatives are all about. We're partnering with them. And uh, by communicating about all of those options that are available to them, you can help make that uh, partnership more powerful. So I love that. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for sharing your story with our family of utility pioneers. Mm -hmm. She is Crystal Johnson-Smith, Vice President of Human Resources and Member Engagement at Prince George Electric Cooperative. And I'm your host, Megan McCoy, now at Pioneer. Until we talk again, keep telling your story. Story Connect is produced by Pioneer Utility Resources, a communications cooperative that is built to share your story. Story Connect is engineered by Lucas Smith of Lucky Sound Studio.